What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Sound the alarms, film and pop culture fans. We are bringing a hot ambulance to you today because this is a new quality check podcast episode. Thanks for joining us. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey. And joining me as always across the internet, suited up and ready to hit that siren is Drew Douglas. hi So I'm very excited to talk to you about this movie. I have really been limiting what I've texted to you over this past weekend because we've got Michael Bay's brand new ambulance roaring into theaters. I've been dying to talk to you about this. Was this a January release? This was supposed to come out Mm -hmm. earlier this year. Yeah. And it got it got pushed back. So brand new Michael Bay. Um, This movie stars some great actors and actresses. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yaya. Abdul Mateen II, Isa Gonzalez, and Garrett Dillahunt. Man, I gotta know in the very start of this, did you love this? <laughs> what do you think? I would we, say 100%. I think we should, we should preface by saying I, I can openly admit and I proudly admit that I love Michael Bay. Ooh. I love that man. <laughs> I was super hyped to see this movie. And uh, I'm happy to report that I walked away satisfied for the most part. Did you did you have a smile on your face the entire time watching this movie? Not the entire time. And there's a oh. few reasons why. We'll get into it. But this felt like, and the best thing I can say, and I text, well, first of all, do you want to say if you loved her, loves or hates it? Oh, hands down loves this movie. Okay, I figured. You know, I, I ask about the whole smile because I felt like a kid the entire time watching this, for the most part. I'd say for the most part, I was just like grinning ear to ear. And I was just like in this movie. In the beginning, um, I'm like, hmm, this this will be a little interesting. But my goodness, there are just so many parts where I'm like, good grief, it feels good to see Michael Bay on the big screen again. It was the perfect, two, the two biggest compliments I think I could give this movie. And maybe this is why you had a smile on your face was it feels, and I texted you this, it feels like the type of 90s blockbuster that we do, we just don't get those anymore. And I don't know, mm-hmm. and there's an article, I can't remember who did it, but it's like, did Netflix ruin the action film, basically? Mm. And this feels like a kind of throwback 90s blockbuster that I remember being excited to go to the movies to see. I feel like we don't get these kind of movies anymore. This is, I think, the perfect example of why theaters are so important because there's so many moments in this movie and a lot of it was his use of this drone technology and he uses it throughout the film. These crazy drone shots that I'm like, I can't imagine watching this for the first time at home. 
there's something about the sound, the sights, the sounds, and everything that happens in this. Like after, literally after watching this movie, I, I text you one word, and it was baytastic. <laughs> and at that moment, I go, I was like, I don't know if he just got out or he's about ready to start. <laughs> so it was up in the air. I didn't know what that meant. Now, the, I think what could have made this movie a little better uh, from an atmosphere standpoint was we saw this on Friday night. We usually don't go Friday night. It was the seven ten showing. So you would think this is like ideal packed house um, territory. This is going to be a huge crowd. And there was maybe six or seven people in the auditorium with us, which makes sense now because we we found out it only made about $8 million this weekend and opened fourth place, which I can't wrap my head around. Uh, I don't know if that's a marketing mistake. I don't know if Box Office Mojo brings this up that um, this is universal. It's the seven day, seventeen day window between theaters and streaming, you know, VOD. But does Joe Blow at home really know that this is going to be available to rent at home in in seventeen days? And does that really matter? I don't know why this bombed, but it concerns me a little bit because this is like Prime Bay. This is Prime Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. And for this not to succeed, I do not want this to hurt his chances of doing um, relatively small action films like this one, which was made for $40 million, which is minuscule compared to the budgets of those Transformer films that he's been, you know, cranking out for the past decade. Yeah, so true. And I don't really think it looks like it. I know no, that looks, he came this out. This looks fantastic. This is this is a good looking Bay film. And I, I was going to ask you, d- is he better when he's restrained financially? Because I think he is. Yeah, I, I would say so because you, it forces any filmmaker to make decisions that then tr- it 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 puts you in a box, and anyone who's trying to creatively share what their vision is. They don't like boxes. So they're going to try to break out of that no matter what. So they're going to find ways to get out of that. And I think it restrains him in all the right ways. And I do think as much I as I love creative freedoms, I do think in those parameters, you can end up finding some really unique ways to further your voice or your story, whatever it may be. And I mean... I could go on and on for the rest of the podcast about why that or how that's helped other filmmakers or storytellers. But here, I think it adds to the level of Bayisms. And I do think that there are a few like the drone shots. I'm like, all right, there's a little too much swirling and diving on that one, Michael Bay. But I still think that there are certain aspects of this that it causes you to, It. I mean, you're in the action. It feels like, you are there constantly. And I love that. Um, I know the one weird thing is, and I didn't realize this until today, but he ended up throwing the CGI team uh, under the bus. <laughs> he did. And I, I had read his quote or, you know, what he said going into the movie. I, I had already heard him say <laughs> it. He was like, there's two shots in here that are absolute trash. Watching the movie, I was like, that's it. And that's it. It's very noticeable and it's so unnecessary. Mm. Which one, which, which parts? It's, it's, I believe if I'm right, 
it's the same action sequence on the highway and it's them swerving in and out of oncoming traffic. And you see CG cars, heavily CG scenes, I guess, of them swerving out of the way and crashing into other cars and the, you know, the side of the highway. And it looks, it looks bad. Uh, I, now I'm curious because after the fact, I was thinking about that. There's nothing. And this is me going into the movie, not knowing that quote or what he said. I did not notice that right away because the scenes move so fast. And the thing that I think with Michael Bay that I'm not going to say is underappreciated, but the fact that this guy shoots action scenes, you could say, oh, it's too fast and too jarring, this and that. But no matter what, the dude makes all his sh- the shots and sequences flow. Like they're, especially with the very beginning when they're inside the bank and they're robbing it. And I love there's this shot of this drone literally flying through the bank and they're running toward the drone. And this drone, you know that they're going to be like, we don't know if this drone's going to cut off our heads, but we're going to run toward it. <laughs> and it's just like shots like that. I love because one element of shooting sequences, especially action, is to make it seem intense and that you're there. And he does that. I mean, it's to a level. I, I love when we were texting and you said that there are moments that uh, Yaya and Jake, they were talking on Kimmel, I believe it was Kimmel, about just the bayisms of how wild he gets behind the scenes. Um, and I just thought about that while watching some of these scenes and sequences play out. And I'm like, you know that he's just like yelling at the top of his lungs behind while shooting some of these shots because, I mean, it's awesome to take in. He's, he's like, I would imagine he on set and you've, heard actors talk about it he's kind of a maniac and he seems like someone that when it comes to his films he knows what he wants and if you're not going to do it <laughs> you're going to feel his wrath did you watch there was some marketing um where they talked about the whole drone thing i find the whole drone thing fascinating because he says every time he goes into a new movie it's basically what's the latest piece of technology and how can we incorporate it and in this one it mm-hmm. was uh, this use of drone, which they use throughout the film, and it's literally they got professional drone operators that are strapped in VR goggles, and they are able to see literally everything that the drone sees, which is how they're able to do some of the most insane movements mm-hmm. in this so fluidly. And I don't know, I, I'd be interested to see how many takes it took to do some of these shots. Yeah, I, you know that they were probably on the first day Bay was just going to town and then he was crashing them on purpose just to see how much he could get away with. And he probably spent $39 million <laughs> on drone crashes. A million dollars on everything else. I love the yeah. I love the drone stuff. There's so many shots of the drone in the air spinning down a building. Yeah. And they do it on different buildings, but it's like the same shot. Yeah. I'm like, why are we doing the same shot over? It became very repetitive, which is one huge knock I have on the whole drone thing. So, and spoiler on this and just going forward as well, but the one shot where it got me and it was very early on and we get that shot of the drone approaching a building, it swirls and then immediately nosedives down toward 
as I call them, Birkenstocks, the guy who's robbing a bank in these uh, these sandals, and he's standing outside the bank, and it dives down toward him. And I thought someone had shot a missile, and it was going to crash into this guy's head. And of course, maybe that was just foreshadowing him getting plowed over by <laughs> the getaway car. But nonetheless, I was like, wait, that was such a weird shot. And it could work, but in this case, it just didn't work. So it's repetitive in, in ways. And I also think another knock on this movie that I have is there's this scene where they're like, I don't know if it's Staples Center or what. They're in, it's when the when the um, the officer is first shot by Hiaya. Mm. And there is a section of the concrete wall that is like a square. And at one point, the camera goes blazing through it into the action. (laughs) Within the same scene, the same shot happens later in the scene. I'm like, why are we repeating shots? That is interesting because it's almost like he's with this. Like you said, there were several sequences that were longer than what they needed to be because of that reason. And I didn't quite understand Like we weren't looking at this from, say, the movie Vantage Point, where there are multiple perspectives that we're trying to dissect the scene from. But instead, it's just maybe he loved that so much he decided to throw it in more than once. That's the only thing I could get out of it. His last film, 2019, Six Six Underground, was, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think that's his worst movie. Not a fan, yeah. Especially on rewatch. It's just there's so many things about that I don't like. Uh, he did Transformers the, the last night before that, and then 13 Hours in 2016, which is a very good movie. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, I would still put that mid-tier Michael Bay because I think ultimately, at, at the end of the day, if I'm seeing a Michael Bay movie, I want to see a Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily feel like one of his movies. It may be his best made movie, but um, I like others better. Is this Michael Bay's best movie since what? So this movie feels closest to Pain and Gain and the most Bay since Pain and Gain. Because um, Six Underground was, it, it was kind of, honestly, it felt like a Bay imitation. Um, Is it because it's on Netflix? Maybe. I mean, that and one still looks pretty good. Um, so I don't want to knock that, but yeah, it just feels... Rewatching it, I'm like, God, this feels. There's so many elements in this that we've seen a million times before, and and that's where with Six Underground, I just remember not get. I could not get into it, and that's like a one and done. And it's weird because for the most part, even the bad Transformers, there are moments where I'm like, Yeah, I could rewatch this, and I would probably be okay with that, but. I, I would definitely say if we compare this to anything, it comes closest to pain and gain. It's really, I, I I feel like it's small scale enough. It could be like the OG bad boys or the rock. This is like early Bay for yeah. me. Now, that's true. Uh, that do, It does have the rock vibes. And but his, we also his, get like, the quote. His current style. It's like everything he's true. learned in between and, his style amplified up to what it is now, but small scale, like the original movies. And yeah, as you were going to say, this movie may be the biggest W there's two WTF (laughs) moments in this movie for me. It's the karaoke scene 
which apparently was Jake Gyllenhaal idea of them, him calming himself down in the car or in the ambulance and singing a song. While all <laughs> hell breaks loose around them, he has time to do that. And then this movie literally mentioning The Rock. There's a quote from The Rock in there that Sean Connery says, and I was like, that's from The Rock. And then they go as far to say, oh, it's in the movie The Rock. We got Bay within Bay. And you also had to include the moment he references bad boys getting out of the cop car. I, I, I just love how the response from one of the police officers in the moment that you're talking about the rock, whenever Sean Connery's quote him and he's like, I, I, I forget the, the exact quote, but it's a loser's uh, cry and moan or something like that. And winners F the prom queen and the <laughs> cops like, that's a little aggressive. <laughs> it's great. That's the kind of stuff too. I was like, Oh, that's that that's makes it's, it makes no sense. It makes complete sense. <laughs> so let's talk about the cast real quick. We got Jake G, who we he we love, Yahya Abdul Mateen the second, two solid leads, two very different characters. You always have to have that character that is pushed into doing something insane for the right reasons. So the audience likes them. Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. he's apparently this like infamous <laughs> bank robber <laughs> who works. <laughs> um what is his job even? I don't even, I, don't, I didn't I, get it. He I, was like watching stolen cars for millionaires or were they not stolen? I didn't I didn't fully understand see, what his job was. And that that's what I didn't quite understand either. I, I I took it as he was a security guy as in like he as you said watched their these these expensive cars, but he also owns like a paint shop or something like that, maybe a custom body shop. <laughs> I was like, because he gets honestly, I was like, I don't care. Um, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it's whatever, do whatever your job is. So he's pulling off heist, and for some reason, like the FBI and everyone knows who he is, but he's never been arrested for whatever reason. I didn't understand that he's like known for eight infamous bank robberies, and I was like, well, why is he not in prison? <laughs> maybe they just couldn't find him. But that character is very different than. A lot of what Jake Gyllenhaal usually does and very different than what I expected where he, this is a character that is like unhinged in ways that I yeah. didn't expect in, um, he really, he has a moral code. It's like, don't shoot cops, but then is more than willing to turn a blind eye to, to other insane, that insane things that these people are doing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, late in the film, mentioning they're singing karaoke basically in the car. I'm like, what? This person is delusional. Did you, yeah. were you into uh, Danny Sharp? He, one of my favorite quotes was when he's like, my name's Daniel, but I like to go by Danny. I don't give an F. <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah. So <laughs> when she corrects yeah. him on her name. Because, yeah, her, her name's Cam, but was it Cameron or something like that? Anyways, the, the thing is, um, I was into this just because, like, how different Jakey G is in this. We both love Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's unfortunate because I went back, and today I was digging up some of his openings, like the how much his movies have made on opening weekend. And even though this is low... 
like say Nightcrawler made more than this on opening weekend, but he typically seriously um, it did. Yeah, Nightcrawler made ten point four million dollars. Uh, Life made uh, twelve and a half. Yeah, and to watch thirteen point one Zodiac thirteen point three. Wow, his most like what he made. Um, uh, this is a no brainer, but the movie that ended up scoring the the most with audiences was obviously Spider Man Far From Home with ninety two and a half million dollars. But his movies don't do that great opening weekend, and that's unfortunate because we both love Jakey G and. I think there's a lot to love. I do like seeing him in this where he is just complete. He's like a cartoon character brought to life, but he does it with such like gusto and in a way that you like him. Like I liked him, but he's also, you didn't really like him. And it was a paradox. He's yeah, exactly. He scared me by what he did, but I, I was weirdly enough and this is one thing i found myself they have this crackpot crew that is pulling <laughs> off this heist or this bank robbery and it's like everyone in that group outside of jill and hall and yaya i wanted to see get just gunned down when michael bay does his best michael man with the <laughs> the the la street shootout like i yeah. wanted everyone outside of those two to die which is interesting, and maybe it's just because it's Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's hard to separate the actor from a character, even when the character is psychotic. Well, he, and that's a good point, because he's not only Jake, but this character is charming enough, and, um, I mean, I I, I liked him. Uh, Yaya, I liked. I liked their, this, this kinship, this brotherhood, this idea of um, them sharing this moment on screen and that they were literally, you know, there for each other. I do think that they stretched it a little bit at the end where, so you're telling me that will played by Yaya, he shoots Danny in the back at the end, but refuses to leave when he's got the chance to walk away and possibly get out of this. So you're like that part. I was like, I don't quite understand why. I'd have to rewatch to see what happens in between those moments, but I feel like Danny really kind of takes a turn near the end where he, there's no there's no way out for him, and I think Will probably knows that. And that's where I think I know uh, Issa or Cam, and that she made the comment about I something along the lines of he saved my life because Danny was going to take it or something like that. And I think in that case, it could have been that where Will was trying to keep her alive, no matter what, that they just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Not only her, but also this officer, um, officer Zach, I believe who stuck on the gurney, most of the movie, um, (laughs) <laughs> Which, man, that's got to suck. But at the same time, I think that Will, you know, he's he's the moral compass of these two characters. And I think he's along for the ride to make sure they get out no matter what. That he messed up, he chose poorly, but these other two characters, they didn't have a choice in this. And he's kind of there to have their back, but also have his brother's back. Um, so I like that conflict that's going on. And that's what helped carry this movie. 
And I don't think that was portrayed enough in the trailer, at least the one trailer that I saw, because watching the trailer, it didn't really get me amped to see the movie. But while watching this movie, I can tell you like the characters, the action, uh, the story was just pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty basic. There's not a lot to propel it forward outside of what we've talked about so far. Um, but someone else who I enjoyed seeing is Garrett Dillahunt, who he does a, a I I love him and his love for Nitro or his big dog in this movie, which <laughs> literally pulling police cars back because his dog's in the in the <laughs> back seat of a cruiser. Which, by the way, I totally understand. I was like, get the dog out of there. I don't care if they get away. He said, by the way, Nitro really that was a tough tough shoot because the dog is 230 pounds or whatever stuffed in this uh i don't even know what he was driving something very small and nitro was not into that i i first i thought it was just a small volkswagen a, a volkswagen beetle but um yeah it's like a, a little bigger than that but not much now tell me this is a plot that I had no idea existed. This is a remake of a film that came out, I believe, in 1990 with James Earl Jones called The Ambulance. Mm-hmm. But there's a plot in this in this where in order to kind of get out of the jam they are in Danny, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, enlists the help of, I don't know, like a street gang? Mm-hmm. Is that what they are? I assumed it was the cartel. A cartel? And I'm... I wondered, was is that too much? We're like heaping on plot like threads in this film. We got th- basically the Jake, the Yaya, and the Isa thread. And then we have the police angle, and now we're adding on a cartel angle. Was that too much? I liked it, but once again, you end up having this idea of the, the thing I liked about it is who is this person? You know, it adds to the mystery of Jake Gyllenhaal's character because it's also going against, he's like, don't shoot any cops, don't kill any cops. And he was so anti that, but at the same time, he enlists the help of them and they want to kill. That's all they want to do. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Well, it's interesting too, because that character of the the leader of the cartel is Poppy and he is uh, an associate, a friend of their late father, who was also a criminal. So I think that's interesting that it just carries on. That at least with one of the kids, um, the the lifestyle isn't you know removed from what the father was doing. One one was able to escape and like join the army or whatever, and then the other one is like still invested in mm-hmm. it. This movie's a probably two hours and fifteen minutes. It's too long. Mm-hmm. This is like thirty minutes too long. Where if you shaved off thirty minutes kept this super tight this is top tier michael bay yeah you know i i totally understand that and that's one complaint i've heard too while watching this movie i didn't feel that um it it and maybe i was just like so ready for this movie i didn't realize it like i i was going into this my expectations were pretty level like i did not i I was not at like a huge peak or valley i went in and i was able to go in with like limiting my hype and limiting any kind of like feelings that i had 
any preconceived ideas. Meantime, I'm at home watching the trailer 95 times a day because <laughs> I cannot Whoa. wait. <laughs> and I mean, now, granted, I was as it got closer, I was getting more excited, but I wasn't I wasn't necessarily going in with any anything that was fueling me one way or the other. But in the moment, I was so in that I really didn't want it to end. And so with it being longer, I was okay with that. It never, there were certain things that did seem a little repetitive, but nothing that bothered me. But on second rewatch, and I'll say this right now, I want to rewatch this movie. And I'm tempted to ask my dad, like, hey, you want to go see this movie? (laughs) So I can see it a second time on the big screen. I don't blame you. I do think that, I I think the the runtime will, will be better the second time. Now, when I think of Michael Bay, for whatever reason, his films, I associate him with Miami. Mm. This is Los Angeles. He uses L.A. as his playground. Uh, did you loves, hates the setting? I think it's cool to have a big movie like this in L.A. again. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, you've brought that up multiple times about this throwback 90s. And I love it. But also going through L.A. River whenever the ambulance toward the end of the movie dives into that. And it's, it's like that poster shot that we've got. And also that uh, one of the main images takeaways from the trailer, when they're driving through the water, that reminded me so much of other movies. One being Terminator two, whenever he takes the bike and he's going through the same, uh, the channel and we just have this water spraying and it's so cool that we're kind of back in that. But also I love the fact that we have, it's, as I said earlier, kind of a confined movie. We're in this ambulance and we've got a small group of people together in one space, but they're exploring a greater space across the entire city that I love. I really like that idea of where it's kind of boxing him in uh, to take more chances in a way to keep us entertained. And he did. And there are so many ways that it could have just tanked and been super, even more repetitive in terms of what we're seeing in the ambulance or, or outside. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, I do love the setting. I think that it really adds to this movie. And at first going in with once again, I mentioned the title of the film Ambulance with L.A. Outline. I thought, okay, that seems cheesy. But then like, wow, he doubles down on this setting and it adds to the movie. It makes it better. It's like its own character. Now, he mm-hmm. he talks about how the ambulance itself is like claustrophobic. And it, the going into making this film, it was how do you keep the intensity up when you're in such a confined space? And I think they did a good job. Thinking about would this movie have been, would it I've been as much fun being in Miami, and I'm sure, but it's nice to see him get out and have a different playground, as, as you said. One one other minor knock. Some of the music just feels like a rip of Tenet. That's interesting you say that because I, I remember the first time we get the ominous synth sound soundtrack. I was into it. That's interesting that you say that, though, about it feels very Tenet because... Once again, I didn't catch that, but now I'm, I'm I'd be curious to compare the two. I, but however, I j- I loved, loved, loved 
that. And it, it added to the tension in a whole new way that I'm like, all right, Michael Bay, let's see more of this in your movies because this felt like a first, like it, he hasn't really done that in any of his other movies, right? That sound. Yeah. Like an electronic sound. No, that felt, that mm-hmm. felt new. I'm ready to play a game because I don't honestly, as wild as it sounds, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about this movie. You know what you're going to get. And I just, I think that don't go, don't close your mind off because there's a lot of fun to be had with this movie. We haven't played a game in a while and this is going to be, it's only four questions. I'm worried because I feel like I don't know Michael Bay that well. (laughs) This is just, this isn't necessarily about him in general. This is, you know, his movies and stuff like that. So four questions. How well do you know Michael Bay? We're going to start off easy. With a score of 15%, this Michael Bay movie is critically the lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. I'm going to put a timer. I don't want you cheating. No, yeah, I do, uh, I'm hmm, I'm going to say it's a Transformers movie, and let's go with Age of Extinction. Ooh, actually, no, no, no. Uh, let's go with, with the, is it the final night? The last night? Transformers, the last night, right? Is that what you want to lock in? Yeah, let's do that. The movie is called The Last Night. Do you want okay. to lock that in? Yeah, let's do Transformers The Last Night. Locked in. You're right. Oh, okay. Because I, I was thinking when we saw that, it got wildly ripped. <laughs> <laughs> All of them got ripped, I've, but... Well, it got worse and worse. Um, the last two especially got ripped, but during my, my Bay binge, I'm not going to lie... Age of Extinction, um, that's my favorite Transformers movie. Now, that's the fourth one. That's Numero Four, the first with uh, Marky Mark. This one's tough. This next one's tough. Again, each of these questions is worth 25% of your final grade. You you have scored at least a 25% because you have one, right? All right, question number two. Dan Aykroyd has a supporting actor role in this Michael Bay movie. Uh, I vaguely remember Aykroyd being in a movie and I felt like it was a Transformers movie, but I don't think that's right. Um, I better not hear you typing, you little cheat. No, I'm not. I'm not. I swear. Put uh, those hands in the air. Hand check. I'll be, I'll, I'll record my screen as well. So that way you can see. Um, all right, let's go with pain and gain. Pain and Gain? Yeah. Do you remember him in Pain and Gain? I don't. When's the last time? (laughs) Do you need to... I hate to go over all 15 of his movies. I know. That's the thing. Like, I just... You tell me when you want to lock it in. I'll I'll, I'll tell you. See, that's just... I feel like it's going to be a movie like that, but... Hmm... And it's a cameo, right? It's not like... No, it's a supporting actor role. Dang. Here we all go. Right. I'll give you all his films. I'm going to break down all 15 of these freaking movies. Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, The Island, Transformers 1, 2, 3, Pain and Gain, Transformers 4, Age of Extinction, 13 Hours, <laughs> Transformers 5, The Last Night, 6 Underground, and Ambulance. You can cross off Ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with Pearl Harbor. I feel like that would be close. 
Yeah, Pearl Harbor. Let's say Pearl Harbor. Locking in Pearl Harbor. That is correct. Uh, really? What he role plays, does he play? He plays Captain Harold Thurman, a U.S. Naval Intelligence Officer. <laughs> a rel- I wouldn't say it's a three-hour movie, so he doesn't have a major role, but he's in this more than you would expect. All right, Goodness. so you're two for two. You wouldn't have gotten that right if I... I guess it's the the courteous thing I can do is give you all 15 films. Well, you you course corrected me because I honestly was going to say, I bet it was some stupid little small role. It was a cameo in paint, paint again. I don't, like I said, I don't remember him in that, but there's a good chance he was or could have been. But all right. I See, I, and I've seen Pearl Harbor once when it first came out and that was it. Yeah. Rewatching wow. it, I was like, oh, I totally forgot he's in it. I'm I'm just gonna say if you haven't seen Pain in the Game within the last six months, you need to watch it. All right, fifty percent so far. Here's here's question number three. Maybe we, we probably should have started with this one because I actually think this is the easiest one. No. Oh. This actress famously said working with Michael Bay was a nightmare and even compared him to Adolf Hitler. Oh, that's definitely Megan Fox. Hundred <laughs> percent locked in. Yeah, you're right. That's All too right. easy, dang it. Ah, I've at least got to see. You're at least passing. Woo. So that means you're not going to piss off Michael Bay too much. <laughs> That's good because I was not feeling very confident going into this game. So Megan Fox said that. Kate Beckinsale also was very critical of Michael really? Bay after doing Pearl Harbor. She said that Bay body shamed her and regularly criticized her appearance. What? Which is crazy because she is very, uh, she's a gorgeous looking woman. Yeah, she's very attractive. I can't believe, I, I do not remember that at all, but that is unbelievable. It's me, it's unbelievable. <laughs> question number four, this is the final question. What award was Bay nominated for but did not win? I'm going to give you four options. So he was oh. nominated for all of these movies. He's won. He won three of these four. You have to find the one that he did not win. Is it A, worst director for Transformers Age of Extinction at the 2009 Golden Raspberry Awards? <laughs> Is it for best action sequence for Armageddon at the 1998 MTV Movie Awards? Oh, my gosh. Is it C, the Sexist Pig Award for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen at the Alliance of Women Film Journalist Awards. What? Or is it D, Best Drama Action Adventure Movie for Pearl Harbor at the 2001 Teen Choice Awards? Which of these was he nominated for but did not win? Ah, uh, wow. That is very tough. Because, hold on. What would, can you repeat the third one? <laughs> he was nominated for the Sexist Pig Award for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen at the Alliance of the Women Film Journalist Awards. I just like that. Imagine being not, you make a movie and you're nominated by journalist for the Sexist Pig Award. I, I'm speechless. I just, I mean, I, I didn't know that was... A real a thing? thing, yeah. I, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't either until I was looking at all his nominations. Just like the Kate Beckinsale thing, like I believe what she said, but like I don't. It's hard for me to comprehend that. Um, so I'll say that he won that award, unfortunately. Um, 
he uh, won the Razzie Award. And then we have Best Action Sequence for Armageddon at the MTV Movie Awards or Best Drama Action Adventure Movie for Pearl Harbor at the 2001 Teen Choice Awards. Let's go with that one. Let's go with the Teen Choice Awards because I just don't see them nominating him for Pearl Harbor at the Teen Choice Awards. And at the time, I know Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett were younger actors, but I just don't see that being a winner. So let's go with that. It's a weird nomination, but he actually did win for that. Woo! He also won for Worst Director for Transformers Age of Extinction. Okay. That's one of... I guess two times that he won that for a worst director at the raspberries. The one that he didn't win is the sexist pig award, which I would love to look up and find out who beat him. What? (laughs) I yeah, I was going to say, if that's a real thing, who the heck beat him? Because I remember, all right. So what movie was that for again? Transformers revenge of the fallen. And that was the second. That's the third one. The third? No, no, okay. no. That is the second one. You're right. You're right. Because Dark of the Moon's the third film. Um, yeah, I was going to say, with that being the case, the third film was, I think, when Megan Fox made her comments, and it was around the time that movie was coming out, and and then, and then she immediately got canned. Yeah, and then with that, I, I could see him winning. At that, but I know that that was peak criticism of him and the and his shots and what he was like working with behind the scenes. So, wow, I I thought for sure he would have won. And there, that was that was the first one. I'm like, yep, he's he's got that. All right, I have the answer to who won in two thousand nine the Sexist Pig Award at the Alliance of Women Film Journalists. It was Robert Luketic who directed the film The Ugly Truth with Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler and Catherine Heigl. What? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what it takes to win that. I guess you just have to really disrespect women on film. So, now, now I'm curious, like, was... Was there a lot of behind-the-scenes drama on The Ugly Truth? Or I'm what? sure they're just going based off what is on screen. Huh. Man, that's... Uh, you know, I learned something today because I did not know that award existed. So, now I know. It's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, and it, even more shocking is the fact that the ugly truth one, but wow. Um, okay, well, I got a 75%. <laughs> That's pretty good. You passed. Oh, I guess yeah. that's a pass, right? Yeah, I uh as the old phrase goes, C's get degrees, and I get a degree in Bay uh University at Bay University. So he he would be happy. And so would Jakey G. He would start karaoke. So if I'm doing my my top tiers. Pain and Gain, numero one. I have The Rocket, number two. Armageddon, number three. 13 Hours at number four. And then Ambulance at number five. That's what I would say is top tier. Okay. Middle tier. Age of Extinction. Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys. Revenge of the Fallen. Well, 
And then we get into kind of like the low tier. And that's Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers, Pearl Harbor, The Last Night. And then Six Underground, it's just, it's the caboose. And I still have, <laughs> I still have the third Transformers to rewatch in the island. I haven't seen the island since theaters. And that came out a long time ago. I came out in 2005. I don't remember a thing about that. I remember when it came out, and for some reason, I totally forgot that's Bay, and I thought it was a Danny Boyle movie. So I, I'm, I'll probably save that for save that for last because it's I just don't remember anything about it. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see that again. Overall, Ambulance to, for me after watching this, I'm like this is this is top tier. I have to say that pain it had to go pain and gain. The Rock, and then maybe this movie. This may be third. And it may even get bumped up because I want to rewatch this and I want to rewatch it soon. And I want to watch it on a big screen. And I kind of want a big tub of popcorn in my lap again. <laughs> watch it with your daddy. Yeah. He's, I could see him digging this. So I'm going to see if he wants to rewatch this upcoming weekend. I'm glad that we both had fun with it. And this has been a fun conversation because I've been excited with your Baywatch and it coming to a close soon. Uh, man, this, this was, this was fun. 